Welcome to the Life Melbourne podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. Well, I want to continue on and I want to jump into this thought of certainty in the uncertain. Certainty in the uncertain. You know, as I've just mentioned, you know, it's clear that all around us, there's things that is creating uncertainty. In fact, in the last uh, three to four weeks, I've increasingly heard the term, <laughs> it's so uncertain. Everything seems uncertain. I found myself saying the same statement. Gosh, I don't know. It's a bit uncertain at the moment. And we find that, you know, whether it be the pandemic and the lockdowns and the roadmaps out and the, whatever that looks like, the, the dynamic with the economy and what's the future going to look like, uh, the reality of natural disasters, wars, famines, end times, the signs that are around us, COVID, obviously, and the removal of freedoms and how long will this last? How long will it go for? Governments dismantling Christian values and truths and, and stirring all of that within us. There is just so much noise. So many voices, so many opinions, distractions and information overload, overload, overload. And it's getting to the point that around us and even within us, we're not sure what to believe. We start believing anything. When we start becoming all consumed by something, we start becoming contentious and battling those that really are the ones we love. <laughs> and all of a sudden we're fixated on that, which at the end of the day, isn't the main thing. You know, it's funny because I'm actually uh, reading uh, through Isaiah at the moment. And I love how the Bible, God's Word is always a now word. It's always in season, right? And I was reading in Isaiah 8 the other day in verse 12, and it just jumped out at me. It says, do not call conspiracy everything that these people call conspiracy. Do not fear what they fear. Do not dread it. I love that. Isn't that stabilising at a time where there's a lot of theories that are floating around? This is my wisdom for us if we are down that path. That if the theory you are pursuing causes fear in you or fear in others, then I would have to ask, is it the right theory to be chasing? If the theory that you're chasing doesn't make you closer to Jesus or draw others closer to Jesus, is the theory worth pursuing? I understand that we all have our opportunity to work out and try and navigate what's happening and how it's happening and why it's happening. But I want to probably speak and encourage you to take personal ownership to shift your focus if you find yourself down a path that you've gone too deep in and it's not drawing you closer to God or bringing others towards God. I trust that makes sense. But in all the uncertainty of the world and the world's ways and our current situations that are unknown around us, there is a lot of shaking and I've had this word that's just like everything is shaking. And so today I have a bit of an example as we love to do. But uh, it's like at the moment, here we go. We've got, uh, got the shaky platform. It's like everything is shaking. Like everything is moving. Like nothing is standing still right now. It's like, I don't know about that and I don't know about tomorrow and I don't know about my work and I don't know about my pay and I don't know about what my kids are going to go to school. I don't know about term four and I don't even know. Man, I'm trying to teach a nine-year-old maths and I don't know what she's learning. I don't know. Like there's all these things we don't know and it's like the world around us, the world within us is shaking. But I want to declare afresh today that despite what might be going around us or even going on within us, that we have a God who is in control. 
And I want us to believe afresh today and come as stirred in our faith that while things are shaking in our lives, we have a God who remains unshaken. Come on, can I get an amen in the chat? Colossians 1, 16 to 7 says this, For by Him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things, all things were created through Him and for Him, and He is before all things. And in Him, all things are held together. All things are held together. Proverbs 21, 30 says this, There is no wisdom, no insight, no plan that can succeed against our God. How good is that? What an amazing statement that is. No plan that can succeed against our God. But what is happening with the church and what is happening with faith? And they're telling us we can't teach that. And they're telling us there is no wisdom. There is no insight, no plan that can succeed against our Lord. Some people say, but it seems out of control. Just understand this. God's way of being in control isn't often the way we think is control. But we must trust Him and we must follow Him. And I said this before, but Hebrews 12, 28 declares it. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. So creating certainty in the uncertain. How do we create certainty in the uncertain? Well, number one, our location determines our outlook. Our location determines our outlook. I want to ask the question, where are we locating ourselves right now? Where are we located? Pandemic or not, the reality is, is that there will always be things in our world, whether it's relationally, whether it's financially, whether it's emotionally, there's always going to be things that are going to be shaking, that are going to be changing, that are going to be out of our control, that we don't know what's next. But are we, are we locating ourselves in the security of our Saviour or in the shaking of our situation? Where are we locating ourselves? And I think if we're honest with ourselves, at the moment, we can be locating ourselves quite easily in the shaking of the situation, in the reality of the unknown, in the uncertainty. And you're saying, Craig, you sound funny because you're shaking all over the place. Isn't it amazing that when you position yourself in the shaking of your situation, it adjusts the way you sound and the way that you speak? It makes everything blurry. You, you got to understand, you look blurry right now. If you think I look blurry, you look blurry. When it comes to the Word of God, we can't read it and interpret it with the clarity that we want. Why? Because our foundation is on the shaking rather than on the security of our Saviour. And we don't have security and certainty. No, we increase uncertainty. It's amazing because there's no stability. There's no confidence to take a step. Not only that, but our strength is drained. It drains our strength. We're fatiguing the more we stay on the shaky. And not only that, but right now, all of my hidden weaknesses are being very revealed. <laughs> if what am I saying? I'm saying all the loose bits are absolutely everywhere. And constantly, my weaknesses has been highlighted. My weaknesses has been highlighted. My weakness has been highlighted. If we position ourselves in the times of uncertainty, in the shaky, then we are going to get fearful, we're going to get fatigued, and we're going to feel like a failure. 
Because our weaknesses, our weaknesses are shaking. Our weaknesses are shaking. Our weaknesses are before us. I can, I'm so aware of my weakness. I'm so aware of what I can't have. I'm so aware of where I'm not at yet. I'm so aware of it. But God doesn't say, stay on the shaky. He says, no, get into the security of your Saviour. Position yourself in a place where you can be in His strength and security. This is quite a workout today. This is quite a workout. I'm believing these pants will be a size smaller, uh, bigger, sorry, and I'll be a size smaller by the end of this. But this week in our men's prayer meeting, I love it. Dell and Gillian, who are a great family, a part of church, but Dell led our men's prayer meeting at 5.45 on Tuesday morning and all men, you're absolutely welcome to come. We'd love to have you a part of it. And it was amazing. We had PowerPoints at 5.45 a.m. It was like something I've never seen before. But he spoke from the storm of the disciples. So the story of the disciples in Luke 8 around the storm. And, uh, and Della, I give you credit, mate, for just the, the seed thought and, the, and, the, and what you spoke to. It's just been stirring in my spirit this week. Uh, but from that place, I thought it's quite cool to, as we talk through how do we get clarity in the uncertainty. It's pretty awesome that there's many examples in the Bible how the disciples were uncertain, how the disciples were shaken. The people who were actually in proximity with Jesus still had moments they were felt fearful, afraid, not knowing what was next. So what I want to say to you, if you're feeling fearful, if you're feeling uncertain, if you're feeling, you're not a failure. You're not a failure. You're navigating your journey in proximity with Jesus. Again, trying to find ourselves and position ourselves in a place where He is leading us through it all. But basically, this is what happens. The disciples, at Jesus' instruction, at Jesus' command, they decide to cross the lake. Isn't it incredible that when we are in the will of God, it doesn't mean we live a storm-free life. Just because you're in the place where God's asked you, you started the business God asked you to start, you're, you repositioned your family the way that God asked you to, you, you committed yourself to study the way that God has asked you. As a teenager, you're standing up uh, in the things of purity and in faith in a school where everything else is taught otherwise and you're in that place doesn't mean we're not gonna have storms in our life. But on Jesus' instruction and an act of obedience, they set off to the other side, and Jesus falls asleep while a number of them who are sailors take charge of getting to the other side. And it says this in verse 23, And as they sailed, he fell asleep. And the squall came down on the lake so that uh, the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. And the disciples went and woke him saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. Like this is like, the Bible doesn't exaggerate anything, Right? These are sailors, they get it. They're going to drown. And he got up and he rebuked the wind and the raging waters. The storm subsided and all was calm. Where is your faith? He asked the disciples. In fear and amazement, they asked one another, who is this? He commands even the winds and the waters and they obey him. Isn't it incredible that when you wake Jesus, when, you, when they got Jesus roused and they got Him up, He spoke directly to the storm. Here's some thoughts on that. If we're located in our situation, we speak about the storm. But if we're located in our Saviour, we speak to the storm. If we are located in our situation, we fear what's happening. But if we're located in our Saviour, we have faith for what's happening. 
If we're located in our situation, the natural overwhelms us. But if we're located in our Saviour, the supernatural overcomes the natural. If we're located in our situation, we live with uncertainty. But when we're located in our Saviour, we live with security. See, when I'm in my Saviour and I'm in that place of proximity and I'm in that place of His presence, I'm in a place where His truth is now my truth. I'm confident of His ability over my ability. I'm steadfast in His promise far over my problem. I'm full of His presence. I'm not full of my possibility. And I am able to trust His way and His will. I'm able to trust. And this is what it said in Luke 8, 23. As they sailed, He fell asleep. As they sailed, He fell asleep. This is my thought. We want to stay certain in the uncertainty? Keep Christ captain. Keep Christ captain. Even if He's asking you and leading us to do something we already know how to do, keep Him captain. Even if you think, I got this marriage thing down, we're going to do good like it's honeymoon every year, keep Christ captain. Even when you feel like, you know what, the business is moving and everything's growing and it feels like it's a successful time, keep Christ captain. Don't let Christ have the chance to sleep. He doesn't need it. He's God. He doesn't need sleep. He doesn't live off that. No, He can always be at the helm if we let Him be at the helm. Let's always be in that place. And I believe that had they not let Jesus sleep, I don't believe that the storm would have not come, but I do believe they wouldn't have found themselves in the place where they feared death in the middle of the storm. I believe the outcome in their own revelation and their own worlds and their ability to navigate the storm would have been completely different. I want to ask you if you're feeling swamped, flooded with the storm right now. We all have these moments. I want to encourage you. We all have these moments in this season where we feel like we're swamped. We feel like, oh my goodness, the waves are too big. Keep Christ captain. Keep Him captain. Number two. So our location determines our outlook. Our faith determines our foundation. Our faith determines our foundation. See, the disciples looked at the storm and they battled the storm and they tried to navigate the storm. But when in danger and in the place of almost death, they looked to Jesus. You know, for us, we need to be people who don't try and navigate all ourselves. And then at the last moment, we bring Jesus into the midst of it. No, our faith determines our foundation. See, they were people who had the proximity of of hope in humanity form, Jesus with them. They were people who had faith in the flesh, Jesus with them. But because they were surrounded and and eyeballing their situation, the reality is, is that they were in a place where their hope was shaken, where their faith was shaken, where their belief was shaken, and the possibility of what was next seemed to be doomed. Because 
that's where their faith was. Their faith was in what was happening around them. Their faith was in the outcome of their circumstance. The faith was in the outcome of the government making decisions. The faith was in the outcome of how the economy goes. Their faith was in the outcome of how this relationship's gonna look in, in six months, three months, 12 months. Am I even gonna get into a relationship? Gosh, I'm single and I'm in lockdown. It was hard enough already. Our faith is in our circumstance around us. No, trust God. He's got the perfect man, the perfect woman for you. And as you're developing your character, the godly woman or man's gonna be developing their character and at the right time, hello, you know, and one day we'll be sharing your story like Robbie and Mel about the next one that's to come. But I'm just saying, where's your faith? Is it faith in the shaken or is it faith in the unshakable? Let's have our faith in the unshakable Word of God and the unshakable truths that He speaks into our lives because He wants to bring it and He wants to enable us to have that. And this is amazing. So Jesus speaks to the storm. He rebukes it. He stands with authority. He says he got up and he spoke to it. Speak to your situation. Speak to what's going on. Use the name of Jesus. The most powerful thing you and I have is the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus is powerful to break chains. The name of Jesus pulls down high places. The name of Jesus raises things that are dead. The name of Jesus carries an anointing to be able to set the captives free, to be able to set us free as well. And this is what Jesus says. Jesus addresses a storm, but then He goes directly on in verse 25 and He says to them, where is your faith? Where is your faith? And this is, I feel like a question at times as we navigate everything we have to navigate. It's like God saying, come on, Craig, where is your faith? (laughs) Where's your faith, mate? Is it in the big things that you don't quite understand or is it in the bigness of God who does understand? Romans 10, 17 says this, that consequently faith comes by hearing the message and the message is heard through the word of Christ. Faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. I want to ask the question, what are you hearing at the moment? What are you hearing? If faith comes by hearing, then I'd have to say then fear also comes by hearing. So what, are you t- what am I? What are you listening to at the moment? If we're listening to the shaking, if we're listening to the world's wisdom, then fear will be the outcome. The fruit of listening to that which is not the Word of God and not His will and His ways, the fruit of that is confusion, division, compromise, corruption, fear, self-first, comparison, entitlement, even revenge, dishonesty. It leads to death, the Bible says. The fruit of His Word is wisdom, Right? If we, if we dive into His Word, how much are you hearing? How much are you hearing the Word of God at this time? Not how many uh, Instagram, you know, little like, you know, like inspirational quotes and posts and all that. And I'm not saying that you can't have that and you shouldn't do that, all that sort of stuff. And how many podcasts you're listening to. I want to ask you, how much are you hearing out of your reading and the revelation God wants to speak into your now situation? We need to get into the Word in this season more than ever before. I want to encourage us. Let's be people and a church of the Word. Let's get into the Word. You know, where do I start? Just start. Start in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. Start in John. Go into Acts. See what the church was like then. See the, the parallels where it is now and how faith saw people rise up and saw people set free and saw people included and be able to embrace where they were and be able to stand in God's truths. But the fruit of the Word is wisdom, love, devotion, humility, generosity, honesty, forgiveness, compassion, servanthood, 
<laughs> so many things. Peace, joy, mercy, strength, security, Holy Spirit empowerment. The fruit of His Word is healing. It's thankfulness. It's trust. It's life. It's life. Isaiah actually, further in the book of Isaiah 33, actually Prophesying of Jesus says, He will be the sure foundation for your times, a rich store of salvation and wisdom and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. The fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. Fear, shall I be scared of God? No, holy reverence, awe and wonder of God. That's the key. Let's not be in awe and wonder of what things look out of control. Let's be in awe and wonder of the God who we know personally, the God who calls you by name, the God who loves you dearly and wants to walk us and lead us through the season that we're in. Just quickly, a couple more, very quick. But our foundational beliefs determine our future breakthroughs. Our foundational beliefs determine our future breakthroughs. You know, and again, the disciples find themselves in a place of confusion as Jesus talks about one of them disowning and then him going where they can't go. And basically what happens in this moment is Thomas and they'd say, man, oh God, we don't, Jesus, we don't understand. We don't, like, what are you doing? What are you talking about? You're leaving, but you're here. Like, what's happening? And he says this in John 14, verses one, he says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust God, trust all of so in me. You know, I know there's a whole lot of things that can trouble us in our understanding, but do not let your hearts be troubled. And then he goes on in verse five and Thomas says, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And John 14 verse six says this, and Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth and the life. I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I wanna ask us right now, Whose perspective are we trying to please? Whose perspective are we trying to please? See, I believe that we can be in a number of places right now. PC words I'm hearing at the moment, a whole lot is my truth. People are talking about a situation and saying, well, my truth is, and I get the PC nature of that statement because we don't want to offend somebody else's opinion or what is their truth. But I think at the moment with everything that's shaking and everything that's going on, I think for us as believers, there's really a call to ask us, like, who do we really believe in? Like, and at the end of everything, like, who are we trusting in? Who are we looking to please? Who are we looking to satisfy? Because if we stand in the world, the world's eyes and the world shake and says, well, what is truth? I believe my truth is a balance between what suits me and what suits God, I think suits God. But I believe that God is saying, no, 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 I am the truth. So it's not about what suits me and I kind of can deal with and I kind of, that suits my situation, my circumstance. No, it's actually about saying, you know what? I can be confident that there is the truth, that there is a reality that if I want certainty for my direction, then I need to look to Jesus. I need to follow Jesus for He is the way. If I want clarity in the chaos, then I need to look to Jesus and follow Jesus, for He is the truth. If I want confidence through COVID, I need to look to Jesus and follow Jesus. The Bible says He is life. I want us 
to, to really like go to that place where we're saying, who are we trying to please? And I read this the other day in 2 Corinthians 8.21, and Paul was saying, I want to do the right thing in the eyes of the Lord. I don't know about you, but as everything's going on, I want to be someone who continually declares my relationship with God is the most precious thing and His perspective means the most. His perspective means the most. Not what's acceptable by the community, not what everybody else says you can get away with. No, I want to live acceptable unto the Lord. And I am, uh, you know, we're in a fallen world. I have humanity. I have been saved and set free. But there is the bodily that wants to do one thing and there's the spirit that knows another. Am I living under the spirit of God, which is aligned to the word of God and every discipline and every act and every thought and every deed? Or am I trying to please my eyes, myself? Now, I'm just saying, come on, it's time to have a new reverence and a holy understanding that we are here to live justified by Christ so that we can live our alignment with Christ, yeah. becoming more like Christ. We're not more like mold it to my ability, mold it to what I want. No, 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 no. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Yeah. We will serve the Lord. Very quickly, when we built our house, as the foundation was being poured, we ran to the site and we got there. It was still wet and we scribed Joshua 24:15 into our foundational concrete while it was still wet and declared when this dries, this place will be a place that declares, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I love that. And I know that we're, as a house, things have happened, winds have battered, things have moved slightly, but as for me and my house, we're serving the Lord. And the fact is, is that Scripture actually starts by saying, if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose today who you're going to serve. Choose today. It's not one foot in one area, one foot in another. I think today is making it very clear for us. Choose today who you're going to serve. Choose today, whether it's the God of our ancestors or the one of the Euphrates. No, 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 no. But as for me and my house, it might not be acceptable by everybody. Not everybody's going to agree with it. But my word says that in Matthew 5, the God says that it actually, if you get persecuted, slandered, and you get uh, called all kinds of things for my name's sake, then He actually says, Jesus saying, well done. That's part of bearing your cross and living as a light that shines and brings hope in the darkness. I trust that's making sense and I trust you hear my heart in that. I'm not saying anybody's arrived. It is a relational journey. It is a place that grows and comes out of a desire. It's not legalistic. It's not religious. So precious is the relationship of Jesus. So personal is the relationship of Jesus. I don't want anything to corrupt that and I don't want anything to change that. I want to stay in that place of just knowing His sovereignty and knowing the hope and the healing that comes from Him. You know, right now, I actually want to ask the question and offer the invitation to anyone and everyone that's here and ask you, do you know a relationship with Jesus? Do you know that there is a God who loves you so much? Do you know that through one invitation out of an honest prayer, that you can know God for yourself and He wants to still the storms in our life. It doesn't mean we're not going to live with storms. It doesn't mean we're going to be perfect. But what it does mean is that we live from this place of security that we know that we are in God's hands, that we're not, kind of trying, we're not trying to control it all. We're not trying to navigate it all. No, we have a God who is a creator. He's loving and He is in control and He sees you and He knows you, but His heart 
is to do life with you. And I believe it is in the heart of every single person that we would all desire to do life with God. There is an ache inside every human being to be loved unconditionally. And I know that for many of us, myself included, had a great upbringing, great parents. But the love of God is far greater and surpasses that. I want to ask you, do you know the love of God? Do you know the love of Jesus that sets us free on the inside and transforms us from the inside out? Because you can. No one is excluded. God sent His Son Jesus to die on a cross, to, to cross, to pay a price that I should have paid. But He wiped that clear through His sacrifice that I could know Christ through salvation, through a declaration to say, God, I'm going to choose to believe in You. And I'm going to choose to submit myself and surrender myself to you and to follow your ways. I'm choosing from my path. I'm now choosing to follow your path. If you're a part of this service and you don't know a relationship with Jesus yet, and I know right now through God's Spirit, He's knocking on the door of your heart, not condemnation, but He's saying to you, this is what you've been searching for. This is what your heart longs for then I'm going to encourage you to pray this prayer with me right where you are. Not to try and fix up everything this week and come back next week. No, no, pray right now. God loves you. He wants to meet you there and He's going to journey you forward. Or others here, you know that you once were in a relationship with God, but the truth is things have happened and been confronting and you've walked away. Today is the day to come back into relationship with Christ. So let's all pray this prayer together out of our hearts. Let's pray. Say, Dear Jesus, today I give my heart to You. And I invite you into my life just as I am. Take me, fill me, wash me clean, make me whole, brand new from the inside out. I declare my faith is in you. I declare I want to follow you. Make you Lord and Saviour of my life. Help me, lead me from this day forward. In Jesus' name, I am a Christian. Amen. Amen and amen and amen. We trust that you are encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life. And we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Melbourne campus. If you're not in Melbourne, then join us for church online, wherever you are in the world. Just head to lifeau.org to stay connected and find out more.